I'm Mike. I'm Scott. I'm Dave. And this is Between the Lines. And we're back. We, we are have, here. We have Rue in the background. <laughs> yeah, get it. <laughs> she didn't eat breakfast. It's 3 p.m. She's finally eating <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> Good night, folks. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so last episode... Um, yeah. Or I, I, I guess um, I, I don't know how how this what, is gonna. Yeah. What, what order what are you order gonna this publish? Go in? Well, since you played that clip, we're yeah. gonna have to. Yeah. No, we're that's gonna, a, it's a sneak preview <laughs> <laughs> on the next exciting episode. I, I think that I think the cat's out of the bag. Um, Justice. <laughs> last episode is that cat's name? Martin. Cat may. Cat may. <laughs> Mousy tongue. Mousy tongue. Mousy tongue. Oh, Mousy tongue. Brilliant name for a cat. That really uh, is. Mousy tongue. Um, well, so we talked, we, we reviewed speaking uh, of a, a new show. Um, we we re- reviewed. We um, premiered. Premiered. Yes. Uh, Gary Busey's Pet Justice. Pet Justice. Gary Busey. Judge. <laughs> it was it was the most ridiculous thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I encourage everybody to go back and listen to that episode. Uh, we did episodes on um, gun control. We did some episodes on the poor Uyghurs in uh, in China. Boy, she is really going to town. Yeah, she's getting it. Well, I mean, it's her tag. Can't really do much about it. I'm a, I'm gonna take the bowl away because now she's just licking the drippings at this point. <laughs> there you go. Did you make it? <laughs> Did you climb out? All right. Uh, so I encourage everybody to go back and listen to those episodes um, and really all of our episodes. Just check out what we're all about. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash PA between the lines. You can find us on Twitter at the BTL podcast and you can visit us on our website, the BTL podcast.com. Um, you can go to our contact us page and leave us a message. Uh, let us know if there's some. Uh, episodes that you want to hear if there's some subjects that you want us to cover uh, just leave us a note there and um, we, we will get that information uh, you can also go to anchor.fm find us there at the between the lines show uh, you can leave us voice messages on our anchor page um, s- same deal just let us know how we're doing anything you want to see changed if you want to just yell at us that's fine um, if it's a decent uh, comment and, and uh, we, we, we may even put it on an episode or something along those lines but um, today's episode, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about systemic racism, um, and kind of do a compare and contrast, I think yeah. is the way that we're going to do it. Um, c- comparing the way racism exists and existed uh, in America compared to racism in other countries and how it existed in, uh, other places around the world. And currently. And currently, and again, I want to point out that this is not um, this is not us excusing racism in any way or making light of any current events. Uh, This is just us kind of doing a it could be worse kind of a thing. We're also yeah, and again, that's not that's not an excuse not to say nothing can be could be better. We can always improve. I think that we are. 
people don't appreciate just exactly how much worse things could be than they are. Absolutely. And they are that way for some people in different parts of the world, and that's what we're, that's what we're going to talk about. In a lot of places in the world, things are, things are very, very bad. Yeah. I think that um, – I just want to point out my personal opinion. I think the greatest turnaround in uh, in – social acceptance and things along those lines happened in America between 1950 and today. I think that um, in, in comparison as to where we were in the 40s and 50s as far as uh, racial equality and things like that, compared to where we are today, again, we're, not, we're nowhere near perfect. Um, but the turnaround, you're, you're thinking African Americans in this country weren't even allowed to use the same bathroom as as whites in this country as recently as 70 years yeah ago. in the 50s yeah. so uh from there to now in less than 100 years we've made amazing progress uh in 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 race and things like that again not excusing or saying that there's not room for improvement but you have to step back and take a look at milestones yeah. uh, throughout Every, our history so you can see progress everything is relative and and if we really want to know where we, you can't know where you are really without examining your surroundings and in this case our surroundings you know would be the rest of the world i mean could you imagine if you would have told um really anyone in the 50s that we would have uh, a black president in 2008 what do you think the reaction to that would be mass hysteria mass hysteria uh you would probably be hanged for heresy, yeah, that's possible. Yeah, yeah you, you know, it, possible. You would, you would, you would certainly be a pariah. Yeah, uh, for having said something along those lines. Yeah, most certainly you would. Be you a would pariah. not be kept in professional company. Exactly. I've been doing a, a lot of reading personally on Frederick Douglass re- recently, and I'll tell you, you know, if anybody at that time in history would have had a good chance of being a presidential figure, he would. have. Oh sure. Um, you know, have you guys? paid attention much to the recent um this is kind of off topic but within the same vein um the most recent cancel uh they canceled booker t washington uh, well, i you, kind of figured it would come around but why, why, what's the they they are now saying that uh, for for those that don't know uh booker t washington was a former slave uh he wrote an autobiography booker t watch uh what was it from from slavery or um, I can't remember the name of the title, but he wrote an autobiography, basically detailing his his um, his journey from actual slave to free man, successful, hmm. uh, you know, somewhat wealthy businessman. Um, Wasn't well, there, he the one that was credited for a lot of the farming practices yes. with regards to like peanut crops and whatnot? Yes. Um, so now. If you if you bought a copy of his book, and I really wish I could, Jamie, could you um, <laughs> could you look up the name of uh, Booker T. Washington's book? I can't remember it off the top of my head. I'm getting there. Um, but um, the they're now if you would have bought his book ten years ago, it would have been listed as a nonfiction uh, autobiography. Now. There's a preface to the book that says that they're not sure that Booker T. Washington was actually a real person. Up from slavery. Up from slavery. That's it. 
So, so they're now denying that he even existed and that this is a work of fiction that somebody wrote. Um, I mean, Wikipedia lists him as Booker Taliaferro Washington was an American educator, author, orator, and advisor to several presidents of the United States. I mean, how, when what you, kind you, of conspiracy, yeah. how many people would you have to have on board yeah and and documents forged and but that's to, that's to, you want to talk about how they they that's say delusional the, well, the left says that the right is conspiracy theorist but right there is a left-wing conspiracy theorist that that booker t washington didn't exist that he wasn't really a slave that that was all white people propaganda uh you, you know to kind of quell the black man and however, however, they're, they're putting it. Not but, for anything. Did you ever hear the story the down in Tennessee, the Bell Witch story? I saw the Blair Witch Project. No, not Blair Witch. <laughs> Bell Witch. No. This wasn't a project either. It was actually a story from back in the 7th. When was Andrew Jackson president? 18... Ooh, 1820? Yes. Somewhere in that ballpark before the Civil War, of course. But anyways, long story short, uh, there was a story about the Bell Witch. There's actually a movie with uh, Kiefer Sutherland that came out in the 90s talking somewhat loosely about the instance of, you know, possession and all that okay. kind of stuff. What, okay. Where I'm going with this is that Andrew Jackson actually actually was in travels with a company of soldiers, and there are letters stating the authenticity of the story itself. It's one of the few hauntings, I guess you would say, that actually has a presidential... Um, backing or has some kind of presidential backing behind it. <laughs> yeah. What a twist! Point point <laughs> being is that Booker T. Washington, you know, uh, served under certain presidents. Sure. And yeah. I mean, you would think that would have the weight when you have of a records. Yeah. <laughs> of a person existing. Yeah. The NAACP may not exist. If not for Booker T. Washington, exactly because he 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 had that speech right, the Atlanta Compromise. Sorry, <laughs> the Atlanta Compromise, and um, that led to through disagreement with it that led to the creation of the NAACP. How do you deny? Who's denying? I guess that's the question I wanted to ask: is who actually is trying to deny this? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> who's actually trying to deny this? Like, who started this little, I, it, trend? Obviously, I don't. I, I don't know the particulars of it, but um, all I know is that when you buy a copy of Up from Slavery, the preface now reads, you, you know, that that it's no longer that it's a work of fiction, and they're not sure that Booker T. Washington was actually. Uh, let me see if I can find it. This has to be some. Yeah, some weird publisher, like Simon and Schuster or something. <laughs> I mean, Am sure Amazon the... has it listed as "Up from Slavery" is the 1901 autobiography of Booker T. Washington. Yeah. Most of your publishers, your respective publishers, are not gonna go that route. I would imagine or hope. But uh. Yeah, but anyway, they're, they're, they they put a preface on there that basically is saying. Um, we're not sure that this guy actually existed. There's no... That has to be a special edition of it. You know, I, I was thinking about this. I wonder if cancel culture kind of, to some degree, exists within its own bubble. I, I'm sure. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, cancel culture is not a new thing. 
But what what I'm getting well, at, that's it's just a that's the new name for something yes. that people have been. I'm doing. just what I'm getting at though is that you know you've got these people that cancel these, try to cancel history out within their bubbles, but when the in the grand scheme of things, the majority of people are like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, they just they're dismissive of what they're trying to do because it's, I mean, it's, you can't dismiss history. It's like all the Holocaust deniers, you know. How do you deny six million people being killed? It's a little difficult. So their uh, phrasing opens up the interpretive possibilities that this essay seeks to explore. I'm trying to find. Where the, do you see this phrasing of the interpretive? Oh, scroll up, I, well, you bitch. I'm trying to. I don't this think this essay that, seeks to explore. By the way, of what thing? That's very poorly written. What is yes. that? <laughs> I'm just trying to find. The Strange Case of Booker T. Washington's Birthday. At any rate, I don't I don't want to get too 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 yeah, we don't too far to off. Yeah, th that. this just seems too but I, it doesn't can, seem to me like it's mainstream. Yeah, no, but it doesn't. The copies of the books that you buy, every copy that, that you buy has this new stamp inside of it. And that's changed from and the reason I know this is because I was listening to and everybody's gonna sigh here. I was listening to Glenn Beck. Um, and he he has a collection of Up From Slavery. He has a copy that he bought in 1980. He has a copy that he bought in 2010. And then he has a copy that he bought recently. And they're different. So why would the publishers be changing the book? Same publisher? Same publisher. So why would the publishers be changing the book? Because they're rewriting history. Did he actually show it? Like, did he show the actual text of the? I, it was a, it was an audio. But if I would have been a Blaze subscriber, I probably would have been able to what, see it. What would be the, let's say, narrative advantage of Booker T. Washington not being real? Um, because it shows that you can. He was a slave. Okay. The the absolute worst possible conditions that a person can be in. Then he was freed as a slave and then became successful on his own okay, merits, no, individual no, but what work. Would, what would be the advantage? Who? What would be the purpose or object of someone who wants to, to who wants to propose that Booker T. Washington's story didn't really happen? Those that want to victimize the African American community, the Black community in America and disparage the fact that through hard work and sacrifice you can make it from the humblest yeah. uh, the humblest of beginnings and make something of yourself whether you were a slave um, whether you were a poor person um, whether you were an immigrant from one of the poorest nations on the, on the planet you can still come to America and through hard work um, sweat and sacrifice you can make something yourself even from the lowest of the low points um, in our society you know what's interesting Frederick Douglass in 1876 one of the last speeches he gave um, towards the end of his life uh, they were dedicating a new monument there which is still there to this day it's it's Lincoln Lincoln standing uh, with his hand on the slaves on the slave and the slave is coming up there were a lot of back and forth with they're trying to get that statue torn down yeah but there was a lot of back and forth well here's the interesting thing do you know who actually contributed all the money 
uh, freed it, slaves. Yeah, it was it was a grouping of freed freemen slaves that had actually gotten the money together. Now here's the thing: how they went about collecting that money is kind of shady because they were um, they basically put it on their backs. Essentially, it's like, well, if they're free, they should show their appreciation type of thing, which I I didn't yeah, agree with really that. Not. But nonetheless, okay. yeah. nonetheless, where I was getting, where I was going with this is that Fred Douglas, uh, Frederick Douglas, during his speech, actually wished well to the new and present owners of the property, uh, plantation rather, where he actually grew up on. So it was interesting. It's kind of just, it, you have to read it. It, it was very gritty it was a it wasn't the type of speech that you would expect for that type of situation because he was very real about yeah. who lincoln was as a person and not this god figure that some he, people and he build. absolutely was not and and the truth lincoln was a very flawed man yeah and the truth of it was is that it, if you read the historical account of it there were many cases in which lincoln was willing to sell sell out over the topic of slavery absolutely he was willing not to he was wanting not to go to war over in, that his, in his own words, he said, if I can free every slave and keep the union together, I will I will do it. Yeah. If I free no slaves and it still keeps the union together, I'll do that, too. Yeah, yeah that was his priority, 100 percent. And and I think freeing the slaves or the, the Emancipation Proclamation became a strategical maneuver. Yeah. It was anything. 100 percent. Just to just to destroy the South supply line. Put pressure on the South to uh, put pressure on the South to keep them. Um, yeah, destroy their economy. Yeah, essentially, to essentially their to destroy their economy. their economy, because the the entire uh, strength of the South's economy was based on cotton and and slavery. If it wasn't that for was the their, slaves, that was their yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't remember what the percentage was, but it was a huge, overwhelming percentage of their exports yes. was cotton. Yes, you know, cotton yep. or things made of cotton. Which is also why uh, Great Bit- Great Britain uh, backed the South because all of their cotton came from the Southern states uh, in 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 Britain. So they had no choice but to back the South. Well, it was direct. It was a lot of direct trading. In fact, a lot of these plantations that were on the coast actually had ships. Like they had their own ships that would just you know direct or deliver from point A to point B. So yeah. I mean. But nonetheless, so, yeah, but we digress. Uh, the the um, the the point we're trying to make, I guess, uh, here outward and abounding, is that progress is happening as we speak, and you you don't really see the results of that progress unless you can have a lens uh, to kind of filter it through, and that lens is history. And mm-hmm. when you start tearing down statues and eliminating certain parts of your history from your history just because it's uncomfortable um you're, you're really doing a disservice to future generations because they're not going to know how far we've come i'd say put them in a museum and put a plaque in front of it explaining yeah. sure the part about it that makes you uncomfortable and that's fine but don't you it's important to know Yes, it's absolutely important to know. You can't just... It's important not to forget. Forgetting is spitting in the face of all of those people who suffered exactly. during that time, who, well, who actually suffered. Why do you think Auschwitz still stands? The yeah. the, the Jewish people, the Germans they, they were going to tear it down. Forget. And they the Jewish people said, no, 
We we cannot. We have to leave this, and it hasn't been touched. It is in the exact same yeah. uh, uh, condition that it was in. Obviously, it's worn down over the well, years. Well, yeah, nobody's gonna. It's not like they're gonna go in and clean the place. They up. have huge piles of shoes and eyeglasses and all See, this and that's, stuff. That's the Jewish community saying, "No, we are absolutely not going to let you forget about this." Yeah. No, we can't. Exactly. We will never let you forget about this. And that's the way until that... Until the earth consumes it, you will yes, remember. You will, you will look at this and, and remember. It's like rubbing a dog's nose in in its in its droppings when it poops in the house. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. And, and I don't understand why blacks in this country don't want to do the same thing. Maybe it's because I'm whitey and I and, and I don't understand. Well, but. you're speaking from a place of privilege. Yeah. Well, I, I I don't think that's. I mean, there's a huge proportion of the African American population that don't agree with what's going on. This is not. Sure. This is not a race issue. This is a cultural ideology issue. This is this is something deeper than race. This is absolutely. This is you know what people what I, I was reading an article about. Uh, you know how uh, Bill Maher recently made a statement about kid, this generation of kids and their their belief system, and he said it's basically trash. And you know, to some degree, I agree with that. But at the same point, it started somewhere. There are uni- oh, yeah. there are university professors and teachers and high school teachers and principals somewhere that got it in their brain that they were doing them a service by teaching them this stuff. I remember getting taught some of this, some of this anti-American stuff in school um i believe it started with uh one of my one of my civics teachers and i'm not going to name them um but one of my civics teachers we were going over um slavery and slave owners and things like that and we were talking about um the constitution and the three-fifths compromise yeah which is a touchy subject yeah um but she completely got it wrong uh and she framed it as because the because the forefathers were racist they only counted slavery they only counted slaves as three-fifths of person they didn't count them as a whole person that's not that's not, even, that's not how that it happened way later yeah that's not even how it happened that's not the three no that's the three-fifths compromise no it's because it's because at the time the founders wanted to end slavery and if they would have counted every slave as a whole person then the south would have more representation than the north and would have been able to hold on to the institution of slavery a lot longer so they didn't want to count a slave as a whole person because they that, that they slave didn't, they didn't, didn't want to get a vote what they exactly they they wanted not to count they didn't want to count any slave as anything they yes. wanted it and to. They thing. they wanted that not yes. to be a tally at, because that's not. They're not. You. That's not a citizen. This yes. Is, you're not. If you're not going to treat this person as a person, then you don't get to count them as. Yeah. Well. It was like um. They they were saying to the south, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You yeah. can't call this. You can't say this isn't a person, and then say it's a person. Well, the truth be told, if if they were given the full full suffrage at that point, they would have voted themselves out of that condition. Absolutely. 
I mean, absolutely. I, yeah. Who who's gonna sit there in their right mind, being under the conditions they were, and vote for but they, the continuation of this kind of culture? But and, the South wanted them to count for representation, so they got extra representation for those slaves. But they yeah. didn't want to allow the slaves to have Which an opinion. Yeah. States' and, rights. And, yeah. Yeah. The issue the issue being that basically it was a hard line. If if the slaves weren't counted, then those the Southern states weren't gonna sign on nope. to anything. Nope. So, so that's a, where that's the compromise. why they call it a compromise. Yeah, they didn't want to count them at all. They didn't. Yeah, so they they. But get that was my first of a person. That to me, that really only makes sense if if <laughs> that person got three fifths of a vote in an election, which they didn't. No. So I I would agree that they shouldn't have counted at, at all, all until you when you, you free that person, you can yes. count them. Yes. But as long as they're a slave, that that's an advantage to you. And that would be like rewarding somebody for the more slaves that exactly. they own, which and that, and would be abhorrent. So if you own fifty slaves, you got six, you got fifty one votes essentially because you're you, you get where yeah. I'm going with that. But instead, you get thirty one. Yes, which is still wrong. It's still wrong. Yeah, I, you're right. It should have been zero, not because there's not people. Should have been people, zero, and pre- but that it wasn't going to happen. But they should have. What the what the way. what the northern representatives at the time should have said was okay. If you're not going to consider these people people, then they shouldn't then we're be. Not then we're not to going to either. Either, yeah. yes. If, if if you're not going to treat them right as people, yeah. yeah. Not to say there weren't slaves in the north, too, but overwhelmingly the southern states yeah, were absolutely. It didn't well, tip. It, the, having the the number of slaves in the northern states wouldn't have tipped anything if they had been counted. That's absolutely how few not. Yes. Well, there's Comparison. a reason why the Mason-Dixie line was drawn. Yes. Uh, and historically speaking, from Frederick Douglass's account, Maryland was actually had a larger proportion of free um, African Americans living in that state that paid their way out through their trades or whatever the case be or whatever the conditions that were met or needing to be met there were more there was a higher proportion of free uh black americans in maryland than there were actual slave uh, yes. uh, people that were under slavery so i mean and that's one of the things that drew him is that he had uh he had this opportunity to learn because he was actually traveling and living in maryland with relatives of the family and whatnot and it's it's interesting. It's just it's interesting to see how that progression. But that's where a lot of the Mason Dixie line comes from. Is that you know you see the sudden shift from slavery to more free the more that you move towards the north because the 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 allowing you know for people getting yeah. out of those conditions. That's was a more, cultural thing. And yeah. that's also the the Missouri Compromise was the same thing because yeah. they 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 wanted to allow Missouri to become a state. But Missouri was pro-slavery. Yeah. So if they would have allowed Missouri to join the the union at the time that they wanted to, then they that would have been an extra vote for slavery, and yeah. they would have never been able to abolish slavery. You gotta. That's why history is so important. You gotta look back, and you yeah. have to look at the history of the United States from its very inception. Uh, the United States had tried to end slavery from its very inception, and in, in fact, the fact that we ended slavery at all, we weren't the first. To, to end slavery, but we we had the most impact. Uh, I think the assumption too, though, is that I mean, based off of what your what grade were you in when she? Oh, like seventh or eighth grade. Okay. Anyways, uh, based off of that assumption, there were I think somewhere between fifteen to twenty of the original founding fathers that you can see that they actually had slaves. Yes. And then, but there was a higher proportion of them that did they, not. Did, did not. There yes. were quite a few that were Quakers. 
yeah. that didn't stand for yep. that kind of uh, thinking and whatnot. So this it it was a work in progress. It was it was the biggest work that we had to be making progress on. But nonetheless, the fact remains is that I brought this up a couple weeks ago. Thomas Jefferson, who is probably the most noted of the bunch that the most had, notorious because yeah. there were slave owner. there were an estimated six hundred slaves that li- lived under his his rule, I guess you would say. But nonetheless, uh, with He's regards to the Louisiana Purchase, remember we had mentioned this is when they were purchasing all that swath of land from the Appalachians down to Louisiana. Uh, there was actually they were debating on the the, the debate that was before the whoever was uh, in front of this whole decision making process was that there should be no slavery within the confines any new any new slave territory which would have basically restricted it would have been a line basically sort of akin to the Mason Dixie line to where you couldn't have slavery um, as an institution within these states that are formed within this you know piece of land so what was it i think it was by one vote one singular vote that the actual um proposition was overturned so they could have effect effectually put a pretty tight noose around slavery's control you gotta be careful with your word yeah i know (laughs) but you know in a manner of speaking they could have they could have no they could have lynched slavery yeah (laughs) yeah could have hanged it yeah, right then and there. Right then but and there. You, but that's what it, they could have put a death grip on slavery. Yeah. right, right at that point. Yeah, know? there were there were several <laughs> there were several points between uh, 1776 and 1862. Yeah, um, where they tried to end slavery. It took a war. Yeah, um, we had to we had to fight. And like Scott said earlier, uh, the Emancipation Proclamation was more of a um, that was a strategic. Yeah, it was move. more of a Lincoln, more of a checkmate. Wrote that it, yeah, it that, was like a check move. It more was more what it was about. It, exactly, it wasn't about ending slavery as much as keeping the union together. Yep, that and that's what he felt his job as president was. Absolutely, do. absolutely. So if you'll allow me to switch the direction a little bit here, I think what we're actually, left turn. What we're, what we're actually trying to talk about is just this this whole idea that there's systemic racism now. In, in the U.S., dating back to the earliest parts of it, there were there was systematic racism. Oh, I would sure. call it systematic, but I wouldn't say it was systemic because there was a huger, larger proportion of the country that was against it. Yes. Even, even in the states that practice it, there was a large proportion of people that were both morally, ethically... Uh, religiously opposed to the practice, um, and which, it was a it was a large majority. We're yes. not talking like fifty one percent to forty nine percent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're talking like seventy five percent to twenty five percent. Yes, it was it was a much much smaller proportion of the population that were pro slavery than anti slavery. So where I was going with that is just I was re- I pulled up something with the Anti Defamation League based out of New York City. Oh Lord. Here we go. Um, So they have a definition on their page of systemic racism. Now listen to this. A combination of systems, institutions, and factors that advantage white people and for people of color caused widespread harm and disadvantages in access and opportunity. One person or even one group of people did not create systemic racism. Rather, it is grounded in the history of our laws and institutions which were created on a foundation of white supremacy exist in the institutions and policies that advantage white people and disadvantage people of color 
takes advantage or takes places in interpersonal communication, behavior, slurs, bullying, offensive language that maintains and supports systemic inequities and systemic racism. Here's the thing. Every time we hear systemic racism brought up, it always is based on the assumption that every single white person uh, is essentially... Attaining some kind of an advantage because of the law. based off of their based off of how they were born how dare I, you i do <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know of anything honestly any laws that directly if 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 it's in there it's written very cleverly because yes. i uh, honestly there's nothing there's no like show me the law which one are you referring to yep. which law advantages me That's or the I'm... system or like show me you know, let's draw me a map of how this is supposed to work. If anything, the bigger the bigger argument has always been federalism versus anti-federalism, big government versus small government. That's the the disad the, the advantageous and the disadvantageous. I mean, if you think about it, smaller government opens the door for people to be free. I mean, that's why you know. See, but those who believe that the culture is the problem that the that we just live in an inherently racist culture and some people are racist china some people are racist but if we if if we live in an inherently racist culture then stripping government powers back would allow for more racism to happen that that's the argument that's the stance that those people can you imagine if the uh african-american population during the period right prior to civil war was told hey by the way you have a second amendment right yeah, can you imagine like the upheaval that would happen on? That was a big. Well, they that's would, they still would the have argument. To, they would have to get the money to buy. The I get gun, that, but, but I'm I'm just making the argument is that you know if we look about our involvement in terms of foreign policy with some other nations, like we goofed up in some major areas, like arming uh, Osama bin Laden, you know, with regards to the Russians. We remember when Russia invaded Afghanistan back in the '80s, and we armed. Uh, him to be able to you know raise guerrilla fighters up to fight against the Russians. Yeah, and, and then was, he and then he turns he starts, around and becomes he starts leading insurrections, and then we start arming those people against him. Exactly. And, and what we probably should not do is police the world. Exactly. Because yes. all we're doing is exporting guns everywhere. Well, but it's the, in our it was in our design that we were supposed to be internationally neutral that we were supposed to stay supposed out of, to be but that yeah. after world war ii that was thrown out the window yeah well, yeah that, and that was and that we was tried that, to stay out of world war yeah, ii we did that was fdr's hesitation but you know the the proof was in the pudding that if we didn't get involved in that it would have oh, spilled over there's yeah there's no, no no doubt in my mind that the united states had to get involved and scott i think you made it you made a good point and ben shapiro makes that point all the time um, there, there were definitely laws in this country at one point that were racist. You could point to Jim Crow laws yeah. And, yeah, and, and the segregation today, laws, and and that's the good that's that's the way that we should look at this. You point to a law, point to something that says uh, that's racist, and I'll be more than happy to stand next to you and fight against that racist law. Point to me a racist. Point to me somebody that actually, and we, yeah, and we can fight and, this person, and we can and fight we, that and person we can together. Talk to them and try to convince them, and then when they don't, you know, if they continue, and that's the other thing too. If there's no material effect, if somebody just is a racist, but they have no power, yeah, or they're not, you know, maybe they do yeah. and they're not exerting it. Uh, 
but but that the problem is the goalpost keeps getting moved. It just sure, gets, yeah. the argument gets more and more and more abstract. So when we can't find when we can't find a racist law, then we claim well the whole system all by itself is racist. And then if you can't find like it's lazy. There's is what it anecdotal. Is. They literally had to change the definition they, of racism. <laughs> the the anecdotal evidence that's given is the economic condition of the pop of the African American well, population. If you want to talk about in recent history, I would say that the 1994 crime bill is probably one of the most racist pieces of legislation that's come out in our history. If you think about how how it was, you know, we looked at this critically the last couple a couple weeks ago yeah. with regards to the just the huge spike in the overall prison population. And then we looked at the breakdown in the prison population in terms of race I, I think the 1994 crime bill uh, was probably, but I mean, you know, you look at it from 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 the seat of power where it was coming from at that time and the ideology that was driving it at that time. Uh, you would think that there would be some connections there, uh, in terms of, um, you know, who, what what is what does freedom look like in terms of ideologically speaking? What does what does it require? for us as a country to what what do we need to start saying no to i mean i don't i don't even know where i'm going with this at this moment yeah i'm watching you scrolling here uh, sorry I, i'm just looking up when they changed the the definition of racism um the the merriam webster dictionary definition of racism used to be a belief that the race uh, a belief that race is the primary de uh, determinant, determinant of human traits and capacities and that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of race or a doctrine or political program based on the assumption of racism and designed to execute its principles, a political or social system founded on racism or racial presidents, prejudice, prejudice yes. or discrimination. They changed it, um, and now I can't find what they changed it to. No, I thought that's what they changed it to. The no, that's second not. one, I think that that was added. No, no, they no? changed. No, I gotta find. I gotta find that. Well, let's just look up the uh, dictionary. Dictionary.com. That's. I mean, that's a big point. I mean, I, racism isn't something that's mutually exclusive. I mean, it's it's been something that's been practiced by cultures since the beginning of time. See, now it says prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism detected against a personal people basis of their membership in a per particular race or ethnic group, typically one that is a minority or marginalized. So they've changed it so that white people, well, you can't be racist against uh, white people. I mean, yeah, you. it just says typically. No, but no, here. I'm just, listen, it says tip. it doesn't mean always, doesn't mean can only be. A belief that race is a fundamental determinant. Also, behavior or attitudes that reflect and foster this belief, racial discrimination or prejudice, the systemic oppression of a racial group to the social, economic, and political advantage. Scroll up there. I was, hey, I'm still reading, jerk. <laughs> of another, indeed. <laughs> okay, so maybe, all right. I mean, those all seem fair. Yeah, well, what I, okay, and I'll... I remember I'm, the... What I'm 100% ready to be wrong on this, but what I was... What I had heard I don't know that they were, is that um, they changed it to successful. basically say that you you cannot be racist from a position of power, or you can only be you can't yeah, you, you can't, can't be, be racist you can't from, be a victim of racist from a position of power. So essentially, you can't be racist against white people is what they were going to change the definition to. Well, 
not i i remember what you're referring to yeah and it was the wording got a little tricky and i and it looks to me and i'm fine with that it looks to me like they corrected the ship and decided to go and i'm fine with the with the typically i'm fine with that I just don't want because that is true. That is true. Typically, it, Typically it is it, because, against the minority. Or... That, I mean, it's just it's sort of that would always be true if it's a matter of social pressure. Yeah. When the larger group is pressuring its members on the whole to discriminate against the smaller group, the 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 more disparate the sizes of the groups, you know, the more likely that it is that that would be true. Um, we could talk about, I think we should talk about the recognized ethnic groups in China. So what we want to, the, the part of the purpose of this episode is to sort of compare and contrast the, the so-called systemic racism. And I say that hesitantly. I think that it would be better to not... There are people who are in control of certain parts of the the political and social systems in this country who are racist, the, the, but not all of them. And I think it's a small minority that, you know, of people in power who are racist in this country because we generally discourage it. And sure. it's, it's a hard secret to keep if yeah. that's who the kind of person you are. In other places in the world... It is encouraged. It's a little bit more blatant. To some degree, especially when, as I said, when the proportion is so far off. So we're looking at a chart here of of proportional population densities in China and the so-called ethnic Chinese, the Han Chinese, make up over 91% of the population. And when you have that you have that large of a population america is not over 90 percent white people no 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 it was at one point point, in time sure i'm sure and especially in certain areas it's also like like muncie's probably 90 it depends on your definition of white it does because because at one point that even is a kind of a loose at, term at one point italians right and were not uh, included in that white, irish white literally meant god British from a very almost. yeah from a very small portion <laughs> yeah. of europe yeah uh french uh, uh french spanish Span- not like even spanish, white spanish, spanish. yeah um, like from spain from spain uh Fr- french english um, and then even your Scandinavian countries Scandinavian were looked countries down. Are, were looked down upon. I mean, the, I would say that they're super white. Well, it's a, it's somebody made the joke, and I can't remember who it was about the, with regards to the Olympics. Did you ever take notice that the makeup of the teams uh, from China versus like us or France oh, sure. or the UK? You know, there's there's a larger diversity amongst the people guys girls whatever that are on those teams versus china's teams which are yeah all, all han yes all yeah. han chinese and that goes to that's probably the case same case for like north korea uh sure and, and a couple others that are very much about the purity of there are their, no their, north koreans that aren't yeah. north koreans yes yeah there's it's interesting there was a there's a there's a there was a black woman on the Swedish running team. Yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. Which you'd even like thirty years ago. Ooh, black would have and been. sipping. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> 
yeah, even 30 years ago, you might not have seen that. But today, it's, yeah, a lot of European countries and Western countries, Western countries really specifically, you have a lot more diversity on the Olympic teams. Yeah, well, yeah. that was like the, the comic uh, tongue-in-cheek about the Jamaican bobsled team. Yes. <laughs> you know, the uh, Bob, uh, who's the comedian? Um, Candy. John Candy. John Candy. <laughs> so, Candy. But anyways, I mean, that why that was such a joke is because you know the jamaicans don't really have they don't have snow, they don't have snow or, and ice. or ice, ice. So, <laughs> they like, may as well ice skate yeah yeah so but yeah nonetheless but at any rate the the point is is that you have in western culture a, actually a, i think is more diverse yeah than other civilizations even african culture like look at what's going on in um we mentioned this earlier. Look at what's going on in South Africa, where um, they're actually taking uh, farmland and property away from white Africans. Yeah, they um, are Africans. Yeah, they are. They were born, born in Africa. All their, their lives lived in their South entire, Africa. Yes. They just happen to own a lot of farmland, and the South African government feels that that should that should that land should belong to ethnic. South Africans. I just want to black people. A little note to all the the racists out there that think that only only brown people come from Africa. Uh, they're white people in Africa too. Yeah. yeah. Naturally. Yeah. Like indigenous indigenous white people. There are in Africa. There well, are indigenous looks... Caucasians living in Australia. It was well, discovered a few years ago that, that Aborigines, Aborigines are, are Caucasian, are, in, are ethnically. ethnically ethnically Caucasian. They're ethnically white. So there, there's always been a Which debate. Which just blows my mind. There's it always, does blow my mind. Yeah. There's always crazy. been a debate whether there's there? four or five races, and I can't remember what the fifth one was that they it referred to. But um, if you want to go back in history... That's right. The, the Aborigines can't be white because they don't exist. If you want to look at a historical precedent, I mean, look at the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire, there nobody was off limits in terms of slavery. No. I mean, when they invaded Britannia back during the 800 to 1000 AD, somewhere in that ballpark, um, most of the slaves were Anglo-Saxon. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when they would invade the Celts, you know, which were you know, whoever they invaded, yeah, became slaves. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. They were just how it was. They weren't. They didn't yeah. invade white people. Now, like, oh, not you guys. Slaves. No. Yeah. A slave in Rome probably wasn't treated as poorly no as a slave no. in it was well more, somewhere some some I would I would um yeah I would I would concede that some probably some of were. it was because of debt and I actually mean, some of it was brought upon oneself have of, have either of you ever watched the show Spartacus uh maybe it um it obviously tells the tale of Spartacus um I am Spartacus I am Spartacus and I'm it bad. hasn't it, I've watched all the seasons. It hasn't gotten to the I am Spartacus moment yet. But, oh, boy. Um, at any rate, um, it details Roman life. And a lot of slaves in ancient Rome had it very, very well. A lot of slaves... If you were a slave to a very wealthy person in ancient Rome, then your you life was ni- pretty good. You had nice things, too. Yes. You just had to do everything they said. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. And, and you were... In some cases, you were counted as family. You were... Uh, and a lot of times in Rome, uh, if if somebody died and they had no heirs, it was left to their slave, which is mind-boggling to me. Yeah. 
coming could you imagine an american slavery and if... it's an interesting <laughs> symmetry too um and obviously the systems worked differently but yeah. it um the the fact that in rome also there were ways for you to rise up out of yes. slavery and become really wealthy in your own yep lifetime. you could purchase your freedom you if you you could, you could save your wages and you could pay your owner off and you would yeah then... if you could pay your own price yeah. then you could free yourself you could free yourself and I that would... was true in the americas too yeah i although it was much more rare yeah it was they made it very hard really they made it yeah. very hard for people uh, for blacks yeah, to yeah. earn money in order to buy their freedom but it was a, it was a possibility slavery as a i would venture go out there and say that slavery as a practice in terms of what we you know historically understand it to be doesn't exist today no um however in America in a, or Western well, or I would, developed I don't, countries. See, the thing of it, it, it's transition. You don't think it exists if anywhere? You, if you go into, Not like it was back then. No, if you so. go into China and like we were talking with the Uyghurs, mm -hmm. you know, they're trying to kill those people, but they're not enslaving them. That's true. In a manner. They're not however, enslaving them. Their conditions that they're forced to live in are not great. It's it's evolved. The, yeah. they're, they're the working class, so to speak, or uh, the... the in, oh, yeah? The involuntary, the voluntold, as you would say. Yeah, the Told. Yeah. But I mean, slavery, of course, has gravitated. I mean, of course, we know the the debate with sex trafficking. Sex trafficking is one of the biggest forms of slavery nowadays. Yes, um, and that does happen in America. Yes, that's it does. actually a becoming a bigger and bigger problem as time goes on. But but it's, it's not a crime. based on race. It's not something. That's, and it is a crime. It's and that's something an that's not accepted. That you know we can say such and such like we just had. We have this narrative right now being pushed by CNN that this cop who you have you have a black girl with a knife in her hand trying actively stabbing just, you know, maybe hasn't made a puncture wound yet. But you can see her in the video actively, you know, she's got her arm is moving forward and she so we have a cop who kills one black girl to save another and that's racist somehow. Well, interesting enough, and I think I brought this up, but um, I don't remember the full context of the conversation, but actually Don Lemon and Andrew Cuomo, to their credit, which I don't normally give those two any credit because of what comes out of their mouth half the time. Most of the time is garbage. Yeah. But nonetheless, to their credit, one of the things that they did is they actually doubled down on their defense of the police officer's actions in that specific instance. What's he supposed to do? Exactly. You, and that have, was... you have, he, you, you, you take your shot like you... Well, who now, are you allowed to save from who like why is it this distinction you're you're allowed to save a black person as long as it's not from another black person yeah i want to i want to make a quick point um one of the things that they're saying is he's racist because he didn't try to shoot the knife out of her hand excuse he's me he's racist because he's he not clint eastwood because he didn't he shoot tried, her in the arm or the had leg he tried to do that he might have hit the yeah that's why, victim, and that's that's my point. This Police isn't officers, TV. yeah, they, they watch you too much TV. You get to make that analysis because you're watching it after the fact. Let me see we've if talked I can even about this, this before. He is there in the moment. He had to make a decision. He saved somebody's life. Did you ever watch Quick and the Dead with uh, Gene Hackman oh, and Leonardo probably, DiCaprio? Probably, and, but it's been a long time. Um, it's basically that wild western where the, uh, Gene Hackman owns the town <laughs> and basically Gene and. Hackman. He has all these. He has these uh, gunfighter battles, you know, and everything, and shooting guns out of people's hands and stuff. You know, that's <laughs> that's what people think cops are. They think that's they're like that's fiction. It is. It's exactly it's pure fiction. fiction. Yeah, and it's irresponsible to even suggest you, that as a possibility. Did you see the thing from Mayor Lightfoot of Chicago, 
where they're proposing the idea that cops have to make a call back to central dispatch to get approval to pursue an assailant in a situation before they, and, and, (laughs) but that's what, that's where they're going with this. They, they're basically creating a police force that can't do anything. That's what they ultimately want to do is, you know, they're going to put handcuffs. These are the same people who don't want you to own a gun. Yeah. Because you should just call the police and then wait 15 minutes. So they can stand there and watch you get shot. Ask. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Call the police. Wait 15 minutes for them to get there. Just ask your assailant to hold on for a second. Hey, can you wait for this police officer man to get here? Also, yeah, where they're passing all these laws where the police can't even do anything. So nobody can defend themselves. Nobody can defend themselves or ask for help. Let's see if this is the this is the right clip. You can see him actively trying not to laugh. A lot of people have said, couldn't he have just shot her in the leg so she dropped? Could he have shot her in the arm? Something like that. Right, you know, one of the the difficult things with that is um, when you're trying, we we don't train to shoot the leg because that's a small target. We train to shoot center mass. What is available to stop that threat? There was a threat going on, a deadly force threat that was going on, so the officer is trained to shoot center mass, the the largest part, part of a body that is available to them. When you try to start shooting legs or arms, uh, rounds miss, and then they continue on, and there are people behind that that could be in danger yeah. that are not committing anything. Uh, so we try and minimize any danger to anyone else if we have to use our firearm. Yeah, exactly. Minimize danger to other people. We're not trying to preserve the life of the person who is... No. Also, not trying to preserve someone else's in the life. Middle they're, of, trying, yeah. they're, they're in the middle of trying to kill someone. I think yeah. they all assume. Do they like, deserve to have their leg shot? I don't think so. I think they all assume cops are trained to be like John Wick. Or cops are the... trained to be these personal, like, ethical professors. TSAs. Yeah, that they're. That they're just supposed to always know the and always do the best possible thing. Like these are people. He say, he's trying to save someone's life. He did. I want to see if I can bring up this body cam footage because if you actually watch the body cam footage, it's amazing. Yeah. Actually, here it is. So the officer pulls up. Oh, here we got ads. Yay! So the officer. I'm just going to go over what actually happens. It, it, the, the guy has 15 seconds to make this decision. He pulls up. There's a fight going on. The whole situation is 15 seconds. 15 seconds from the time he gets out of his car until shots are fired. That's when. That's how much time he had to make these decisions. He gets out of the car. Um, there's a couple of people fighting. Um, one guy pulls another guy off, and then he's kicking this girl in the head in the background. It, it's, a, it's a crazy scene, and he has 15 seconds to make a decision. So here's the camera. This is body camera footage of Officer Nicholas Reardon arriving on scene at 444 Tuesday afternoon. About 10 seconds after he steps out of the car, this scene plays out. Hey, 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 get down, get down, get down, get down. Let's now break down. That's how long he had. Reardon starts approaching a group of seven people. The girl in pink holding a dog starts talking to him. But then to his right, one female falls to the ground during a scuffle. Hey. 
At closer look, you can see a teen later identified as 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant with a knife in her right hand Indeed. before the other girl falls. Get down! Get down! Reardon draws his gun as Brian goes after the girl in pink. That guy is kicking her in the head. An unidentified man kicks the girl who is already on the ground. Whoa. But Reardon is focused on Brian, who still has the knife in her right hand. Yep. She draws her hand back, then up, yep. as the girl in pink is now pinned against the car. She's going to stab that girl. She's in the process of stabbing someone. Brian and there's falls the... to the ground. The girl in pink takes off. After the shooting, you can see the knife laying on the ground. That is not, Some yeah, that is not planted. She had it in her hand Others the whole time. To separate witnesses, walking them to different cruisers. So the guy, just think about, think about you're the guy that pulls up. And you have, you have all of that to go through. How, my, my, I would have been concentrating on this guy right here. If it would have been me, I see this guy. Yeah, you got this girl here. She's got a knife though. If you yeah. see, she, he doesn't. The, the threat is bigger. I, you know, I get that. From the person with the weapon. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I, you don't. This cop should be given all kinds of credit because for in, not making the mistake of focusing shooting on, on the this guy. guy. Yes, because that's an interesting. That's an interesting point to make. If he's truly, you know, did they ever interview the girl in pink that was actually the? I think so attacked? at some point. But right there, think think about it. You've got this guy right in front of you. And he's looking past that. He's to looking past that to see girl this with going the knife. on. Yeah. So I gotta give him all kinds of credit for not firing on this guy. I mean, I would have had a hard time not firing on a guy who just kicked a girl uh, yeah. in the head yeah. who was on the ground. Yeah, that's yeah. Like exactly. I don't know what she did, but you don't kick people in the on head. On the ground. Yeah. And then he focuses on, on here, and he you gotta give him all the credit in the world. I think. For making, like, how yeah. much time did he have to make that decision? Not much. Not much time yeah. at all, and he made the right decision. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's insane to me. Well, what's interesting is that news organization, was that one of the local news stations? It's just stations? a local news station, yeah. It's interesting how they present the facts as they were. And yeah. then as soon as it filters up into the larger news organizations, then it becomes a political... It becomes a race issue. Political yeah. Political yeah. Like, this, is a, this was a domestic show. violence issue. This yeah. was, was not a race issue. It was on the view of all places where they're mm -hmm. like, why didn't they just shoot the knife out of her hand, Joy Bear says. See, because this because is a fucking Joy, TV. if you ever... If you ever handle a gun, maybe you'd understand that it doesn't work like that. This you isn't the Lone you're not, Ranger. You're not beaming it. It doesn't go where you think you want it to go. Yeah. It goes where it's pointed. And, and it's your job to, to uh, point it right. And it's not easy. Another another thing to point out is bullets don't have names on them. Yeah. So if that shot, like he said, if yeah, that shot gonna misses, go. it's going to keep going. It yeah. doesn't stop when it somebody. misses. It's not like, yeah. oh, no, I missed. I better stop. You know, no. Whoever, it, a body's going to stop that. And that, that, that's sound training because you can't assume that every cop that you train on the force is going to be an expert marksman. No. Especially in situations, high-tense situations like that. Exactly. So that's, and that's why go, they're trained to yeah. shoot center you mass. You have to go for the... Aim small, miss small. Yeah, exactly. You have if, to go for what makes sense. It, it just boggles my mind that you... Like, this isn't even... It's not even questionable. There, we've, there have been cases in the past where... You know, you see something that might be a knife, it might be a cell phone. Well, Michael Brown was pretty questionable. He had no weapon, but he was beating the cop. You, you know what I mean? Trying to take the cop's gun, allegedly trying to take the cop's gun. So. Well, I mean, just in this case, though, there is absolutely yes. no question at yes. all that this girl no. was trying to stab someone. 
She had was a, actively she had a in the process. Knife. Yeah. She came out of a house with a kitchen knife in her hand. Tried to attack someone, one person unsuccessfully. Pushed someone over, like, out of my way, goes to this girl in pink and l- lunges in. Yeah. And there's no other, had her pinned up against the car, clearly visible. And this is why all cops should have body cams. Now, here's, here's the kicker. All this started over an argument over who was going to clean the house. This was all over somebody yelling at this Bryant girl that she I'm needed assuming, to clean I'm the house. Assuming this comes out after, you know, yeah, the mo- the mom. To witnesses they the they they interviewed the mother who wasn't home at the time, and the mother said this was all because one of the daughters told her, "You, you better clean up the house because you know mom don't like no dirty house." And then an argument ensued, and it escalated. How does something escalate to that point, though? Human, or humans, man, uh, human beings. Yeah, we're that's d- we're just, horrible, so, horrible species. So. So CNN, I sent you guys the article, is is spinning this. They're not really spinning it, but they're using this as an example of racism. Yeah. Yes, and that's and where this they, goes They wrong. link to this in another um, article about a there's a there's a growing mass of Republican lawmakers who are denying that America is uh, racist inherently. They use this as an example of that it is that this is an example of systemic racism meanwhile in china they classify you based on your race yeah and if you're not the good race out of the 50 that are there yeah. if you're not the good one then you're a second class citizen yeah you're yeah. You're, you're put marginalized to pushed out and and the least like han chinese you are you want to talk about it's, Jim Crow on worse. steroids? Joe, uh, Joe, yeah. Joe Biden classified the Georgia voting laws as uh, Jim Crow on steroids. China's po- ethnic pro- policies are Jim Crow on steroids. Like they make they're Jim Crow beyond... look like Tim Canary. Yeah, you know so what I mean? They're, they're... You should uh, listen to that uh, interview with uh, Tatum on BBC America. Yeah. Um, he he's a former cop, and he talks yeah. about the whole incident that happened here, and he's yeah. just like. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I digress. He was actually talking about the Chauvin trial is what he was actually talking about. But nonetheless, I think we should do a part two next week on this. I just I don't think that we have more to say. There's way more to say. I think think we need to wrap it up. I think there's a lot more to say about. um, It's interesting. I I thought this, uh, Mike, you mentioned earlier that Britain sided with the South. Yes. Because they had to. Yes. Why is Biden siding with China? Exactly. There, there's got to be something there. And if we there. want to talk about, yeah, Biden, what a hypocrite to to talk yeah. about. You don't get to talk about racism, yeah. sir, when you deal the with a country who bill. is committing genocide right now. Yes. Yeah. And and almost excusing it. But uh, I think that's a good place to wrap up. I think we are going to do a part two on this. So um, I just think it's uh, a good enough topic and we have enough to say um, that we could probably talk another hour. Uh, on this easily, yeah. um, so we'll 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 cut it off here. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash pa between the lines. You can find us on Twitter at the BTL Podcast. You can find us on our website, thebtlpodcast.com. Uh, you can go to the contact us section and leave us a message. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, give us some suggestions for um, you know future episodes. Uh, if you go to anchor.fm uh, forward slash between the line show and leave us a message um, on our show page, uh, if, if it's good enough, we'll even put it on the put it on an episode. Um, 
So next week, tune in and we'll finish up our discussion on systemic racism uh, in America and across the globe and do some more comparisons and talk uh, a little bit more on this subject. Um, again, you can find us on Facebook at PA Between the Lines on Twitter at the BTL Podcast and visit us on thebtlpodcast.com. I hope everyone has a great week. Stay calm. Keep your heads to on level ground. Uh, and hopefully we'll see each other uh, again or you'll at least be here again with us next week. Hope everyone has a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.